Hello and welcome to the Age of Victoria podcast. My name's Chris Fernandez-Packham. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, here we go with another mini-sode. And don't worry, I promise that these aren't going to delay the next episode of the narrative at all. Episode 004 will be out on the 1st of July, as promised. And you've still got time to email me at ageofvictoriapodcast at gmail. Dot com with any questions about the episodes so far or any feedback. If I do get any questions before I record and I've got time, I'll try and deal with them at the start of episode four. I was pretty excited to receive a lovely review on iTunes from Finland. First review, it was lovely to have a positive one. Thanks so much and I'm glad the show is being enjoyed by so many people from all around the world. I've got a small announcement to make. I'm putting up transcripts for the episodes on the website. This is as a result of a fantastic discussion in a Facebook group about accessibility. Some podcast listeners need additional materials or support to get the fullest experience. One passionate podcast follower has hearing difficulties and has asked why podcasters don't do more for audience members who struggle with hearing or other issues. The Age of Victoria is aiming to be a community resource where knowledge about a fascinating and vital age is spread as widely as possible. If someone wants to be involved in this community, I want to help them if I can. So far, my focus has been on high-quality research and high-quality audio. I recently heavily upgraded the audio equipment to improve sound quality. And I've also focused on making sure the recordings are well edited to be as clear as I can. Now that I've read the suggestions in the discussion, I would like to go further and put the transcripts up on the Age of the Victoria podcast website for free. This will allow anyone who struggles to follow my delivery to read the accompanying text. I did think hard about this because unlike a true crime podcast, there is a risk that the scripts could be used in academic essays as a form of plagiarism. But I feel strongly that the benefits of increasing community access to the podcast outweigh this. I'm determined to trust my listeners, and I hope that this new material is useful. I genuinely think it might also help if people want to pick up on things in the podcast to delve into, while they can just head to the right part of the script and take some notes, then go on from there. I do hope that this is a good and positive step for our community. To find the transcript, just go to the Age of Victoria website and click on the episode you're interested in. In the show notes, you should see a link to the transcript. At the moment, the transcripts for episodes 001 and 002 are available. The others will be going up shortly. Now moving on, there's been quite a lot of Victorian-related things rambling around my brain this week. Lots of talk about global warming has had my mind wandering through the consequences of the Industrial Revolution. The increased levels of inequality in the UK have had me thinking about the various Victorian poor laws and institutions. A book I read on sustainability mentioned slide rules 
and I was briefly awed at how many of the foundations of the modern world were laid using this simple implement to do maths, long before electronic calculators or computer. I did actually think about doing a segment on slide rules, as some important developments in their evolution happened in the Victorian era. But frankly, I just don't understand them well enough to give you a fair rundown on them. Instead, because we are having a heatwave in the UK, I thought we might talk about Victorian ice cream. I love ice cream, and the Victorians loved ice cream, and they absolutely did have ice cream. Actually, even the ancient Persians, Egyptians, and Alexander the Great had ice cream of a kind. Be careful, though. Just because a recipe in history appears superficially similar to a modern one, it is dangerous to assume that they are actually the same food. Imagine that great British staple, curry. That label actually covers a lot of ground, and a curry in India in 1800 might not resemble a curry in Birmingham in 1980, beyond a few basics. If you head to Google, you can, of course, find what are called authentic Victorian ice cream recipes. Trust me, though, if the recipe says use a plastic bag and plastic gloves, it is not authentic. Tasty, yes, and perhaps very similar methods are used, but it's not really authentic, sorry about that. In Britain, there has been ice cream for a very long time, and the first record of ice cream being served was to Charles II in 1672. It was a dish fit for a king, basically, because he was the only one who could afford it. Ice cream isn't difficult to make. It was getting the ice that was difficult in pre-refrigeration times. Ice could be cut and stored in ice houses, but that was very much the preserve of the wealthy. Similar desserts were appearing in France from at least the Middle Ages. In 1847, a true hero stepped onto British shores. Carlo Gatti was a Swiss entrepreneur who came to London to start a business. He settled with the Italian community and went into business. He started with a street stall selling waffles, which is a totally hipster-approved thing to do. Then he found a partner and opened a restaurant. But his unique selling point, what he brought that was different, was that he put a chocolate-making machine in the window and actually offered ice cream for sale using ice he bought from a private company. Success followed. Being the first man to take ice cream to the mass public, not just the rich, was a golden ticket. And Gatti was a man who knew how to seize opportunities. He created the first street ice cream stalls in 1851, in Hungerford Market, selling ice cream in a paper cone as penny ices. This was a price most people could actually afford. The golden goose continued to lay for Gatti, but he wanted more. He realised that he needed to control the supply of ice too, and so opened his famous ice well in 1862 to hold 1,500 tons of Norwegian ice that he imported directly. Having made his fortune, he swiftly branched out into other areas of business, including the music halls, and became extremely wealthy and successful, before retiring eventually to his native Switzerland. 
Interestingly, in America, manufacturing ice cream was also becoming an industry around the time of Gatti, pioneered in 1851 by a Baltimore milk dealer named Jacob Fussell. Ice cream had a long tradition in America, helped by easy access to ice in the New England winters. Certainly, some of the early presidents like Jefferson were very passionate about ice cream. Ice could be easily cut from the local lakes, and then the pot method was used at first, followed by the churn method created by Nancy Johnson in 1843. I think it's, it's just important to point out then that no one person can be credited with inventing ice cream. Ice cream is a very evolutionary thing, with some key developments happening in the Victorian era. The later Victorian age saw great innovations in the area of ice cream. The creation of ice cream sodas, the ice cream sundae, mechanisation and, crucially, refrigeration in the 1870s, thanks to the German engineer Karl von Lind. Decreased cost and rising wages, together with the greater leisure opportunities for the population, made ice cream a massive Victorian success story. I suspect I might end up revisiting this, partly because I just love ice cream, but it turns out the history of ice cream is quite a heated area. The invention of the ice cream cone, for instance, arouses much debate, with at least two origin stories that I'm aware of. And I also, I just love the thought that this is a real area of connectivity to the Victorians. Most people alive today can relate to the feeling of sitting on the grass in the sunshine with an ice cream. And this is one of those leisure pursuits that could have been enjoyed by the Victorians as well. And I think that's that's an amazing piece of continuity. And it's something nice to think that certain key elements of our sort of days out with our children, eating ice cream, visiting the parks, is something that we can actually share and relate to in our ancestors. Anyway, if you want a genuine Victorian ice cream recipe, here it is. Quote from Cookery and Housekeeping by a Veteran Housekeeper, published by M.T. Richardson in 1886. While some housekeepers prefer the old-fashioned freezer, many others use with very satisfactory results the patent freezer, the best of which we have ever seen is the White Mountain Freezer. It is durable, easily managed, and greatly expedites the process of freezing. To freeze cream quickly, have the ice pounded into small pieces. Put a layer of ice and salt under the bottom of the freezer and back around the sides. Cover the top of the tub with a blanket. When the cream hardens on the side of the freezer, scrape down and beat with a large iron spoon. It is best to freeze ice cream in a warm place. The more rapid the melting of the ice, the quicker the cream freezes. Be watchful that no water or salt gets inside the freezer. Ice cream may be formed into fanciful and ornamental shapes by using moulds made expressly for the purpose. After the cream is frozen, put it in the moulds. Set it in pounded ice and salt. Cover Close with a blanket until ready to serve. Add flavour. Dissolve half a cup of arrowroot in a pint of milk. Beat the whites of six eggs and the yolk of one and stir in. Sweeten with loaf sugar, half a gallon of milk. Set on the fire and let to boil. 
Then pour over the eggs and the arrowroot. When cool, pour in a quart of cream. Flavour with the extract of vanilla and freeze, end quote. As you can see, ice cream is not technically difficult to make. We are just quite lazy. The Victorian kitchen and the Victorian housewife would have had a wider variety of skills and recipes at her fingertips, which, whilst more labour-intensive, would actually have produced a much broader range of uh, self-sufficient food recipes than we're used to today. Anyway, I could ramble on about ice cream for a very long time, and I could certainly go away and eat an ice cream now. I certainly hope someone else feels the same and wants to run off and grab some. Have a great week, enjoy the sunshine, and I will see you soon. Okay, thank you for listening. Um, Feel free to contact me at ageofvictoriapodcast at gmail.com. That's ageofvictoriapodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments or concerns. You can also visit our website at ageofvictoriapodcast.com. There's a load of great material on there and I'll keep on adding extra maps and pictures as we go on to support the episodes. The show can be downloaded from iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And if you want to help support the show, please do visit the website or better yet, leave a review on iTunes. Growing our community is a fantastic way to keep this podcast going and the reviews really help.